Welcome to BP Leadership. In this lesson, Bill will be talking about the five levels of leadership for biblical examples, adding on to these points from John Maxwell's book. Let's see what he has to say. For all of you today, I want to talk to you today about something that radically changed me a little bit to, uh, in the early days when I first learned of it and have tried to pursue it. And to this day, I've not accomplished it, but I think it's a goal worth knowing and also some information worth having. I call it the five levels of leadership in Bible examples. The five levels of leadership in Bible examples. And, you know, we, did, we talked about the BP leadership teaches biblical leadership. Um, if you've never heard of the five levels of leadership, John Maxwell himself, the leadership expert, is the one that really came up with kind of the concept of five levels. And as you look at them, you'll be able to evaluate yourself. You'll be able to evaluate people around you. You'll see where you need to go and how to get where you want to go. And I'll give you a lot of information on it as well. But John is the expert on that, that wrote a book. One of his best books was The Five Levels of Leadership. He even says it's one of the best, uh, most requested um, talks that he gives. And about four or five years ago, I received a phone call from, and we're friends, and he's kind of been my mentor, but I received a phone call from his assistant, Linda Eggers, and she said, Bill, John wants to know if you've ever done anything on the five levels of leadership. And if you have, would you provide him any of the uh, insights or glimpses that you see into it? And so I said, Linda, factually, I've, I've done a lot of John's stuff, but I've never done that. And I said, so um, I, I will give him a thought or two. And he put them in his book. One of them had to do with an illustration that I used. And so when I gave that, I didn't think anything of it. But about, about a month ago, I was talking to somebody. And in the conversation, I just kind of, there was about four people there in the room. And, and they were all leaders. And, and suddenly I started thinking, that's a level so-and-so. And that's a level two. And that's a level three. And and then I thought, you know, I was asked that question years ago, and I've never done it. So today, I want to give you the five levels of leadership with biblical examples, and, um, and that will help us at least to evaluate ourselves, okay? So you have notes. They've told you about it. I think, I don't know how to use them, but I've been told that if you hit that QR code there, that you get the best way to get notes and send them anywhere if you know what you're doing. Every time I hit something, it says, are you sure you want to delete this? And so I'm not good with technology, Okay. Um, when I talk about the five levels of leadership, though, here's, here's what I know that does help. Number one, first level, is position level. Position level is that first level. People follow you because they have to. Um, it's, it's the job title that gives you the right to lead. Uh, now, that's not wrong. Um, you know, you got to start somewhere. But um, it's not enough if you want to make a real difference. You know, you can be seen as the boss and still not really be the leader. In almost every room, there's really a leader, and, and you'll evaluate who the leaders are, and sometimes it's not always the person with a title. But people follow a, a position leader only because they have to. It's their job to do so. And the reason that position leaders can last for a long time is they use rules and policies and regulations to get people to perform. You ever, you ever been around a, a position leader? You've been around people that you know that, that you, no matter what you do, you're going to break the rule or you can't think outside the box. But they have the control. They don't attract people with a passion. In fact, we've all seen them. I've seen them as pastors. I've seen them as a boss. I've seen them as managers and mayors and governors. They have the job. They have the title. 
They, they don't have the skills, they don't have the maturity, they don't have the wisdom or the ability to lead. Um, they, they were put in a place that was beyond their capacity. The Bible example of that is a king named Herod. You remember Herod was the position leader there that uh, he began to rule at 36 and ruled 32 years. And he was the guy they called him Herod the Great. When Jesus came on the scene, Herod uh, at that time was the ruler in charge. Now, Herod was not considered necessarily great because he was a warrior. Herod was great in their eyes because he, uh, he created a lot of construction. They built aqueducts and theaters and, and fortresses, so he was known for building a lot. But Herod as a person was never mature enough to be a leader. In fact, the background of Herod is this. He was very paranoid, very jealous, always afraid somebody was going to get his position. That's why he went after killing Jesus. Uh, give me, let me give you this facts about him. His sister began to be a voice in his ear. She was jealous of his wife. He loved his wife. But Herod's sister began to say in his ear, she's seeing others and she doesn't love you. And she began to poison his mind so much so that Herod wanted to be the position leader he was. She influenced him to kill his own wife, then to kill her two sons, then to kill her brother, then later to kill her grandfather, and then to kill her own mother. And he went on just spree the older he got of being so paranoid that anybody he thought would take his throne or threaten his position, he'd take their life. And so Herod was one of those people that, that we realize this principle. Authority and power in the hands of a position leader can be dangerous if they don't have wisdom. You ever seen somebody gets a little power, a little authority, and now they're nuts? Uh, T.S. Eliot said it this way, half the harm that is done in the world is due to people who want to feel important. Abraham Lincoln said, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. And so that's the first level. If, if you start in leadership, you'll always start at that level. That'll be the first one, obviously. But if you want to grow, you got to go beyond that. You have to say, okay, I've got the title. I've got the position. People know that I've got a little bit of authority. Now, what do I do with this so that I can make the organization better and everyone else better? So the first one we say there is position. The second one is permission level. Permission level is this. People now follow you because they want to. They're giving you permission to lead them. And when you hit that level, it changes your organization. You may work in a business right now where you've got this kind of leader, and you'll be able to identify it by some of the things I tell you. Um, permission level is when you really like the people that you lead. It's when they feel it. When they say, hey, I got a good boss now or a good manager now. I'm going to give them permission to lead me. I think they, they really care about me. And you can feel the difference between working with or for somebody who really cares and somebody who doesn't care. And so the permission level is when the people begin to feel that you care. They know it and they want to be associated with you. They want to learn from you. They want to grow from you. They, they think there's something you can do to add value. Position level people, those kind of leaders know how to make good connections. They can connect people together and they can connect with you in a way that lets you lower your guard and feel loved. You ever had somebody walk into your life that, that when they walked away, I mean, they may not have been there long, but when they walked away, you just felt a, a vibe that they didn't want anything from me. They wanted my best. That was, a, that was a good moment. Well, that's what position level leaders do. Here's what they do. The three signs of one. There's enjoyable work environments. 
You like working around that kind of person because they bring that out. Uh, they give encouragement, and they, they, uh, the organization has energy. So all of that comes about when a position-level leader is in, in place. And so people give you permission for one reason. They trust you. They give you their trust, and if you're able to manage their trust well, they will continue to let you lead. Here's an example of position leader. It was, uh, it was Joshua, the one who followed Moses. Nobody really knew much about him, but when Moses died, God basically said to them, look, Moses, my servant, is dead, but as I was with him, I will be with Joshua, and I'll be with you. And so Joshua picked up the mantle, and the first thing that happened was people had to give him permission to lead. And so when he did, later he earned the right to go to the other levels, but, but that's what he did. Okay, let me give you the third one. Third one is this, his production level. Now here's what happens. People follow you because of what you've done for the organization. Okay, production level leaders produce results. You put them in a job and they just, they just win. They, they say, what's the target? And they hit it. And, and those, those kind of people you enjoy working with, they move the ball, they set goals, they work hard, they deliver results. Here's the thing that's good about a production level leader. They can't, they're not a fake. You know, you can't fake the results side. Um, they can produce. People can see whether when they came in to an area, did it do better or worse. In fact, I used to notice this about production level leaders. If you, um, you don't even have to give them a full playbook and somehow they will still figure out with common sense and wisdom and experience how to get the job done and do well. But if they are not at this level, I've seen some people, and you have too, you can give them all the resources in the world and they still can't get off first base. They can't move. And so the production level leader you look at and you say, they're so good, they're, they produce wherever they are. I want to make sure that they continue to grow. Now, one mistake people make sometimes is they take one who's producing over here and put them over there. Um, there's that, uh, that Peter principle where you can promote somebody beyond their level of competency. But another is, I knew a guy one time that he was one of the best car salesmen in town. He could sell. So they thought if we teach him or make him be a manager over all the salesmen, we'll get 10 of him. Well, it didn't work that way for him. He wasn't able to reproduce himself. He failed as a manager. He didn't know how to manage people. He knew how to connect with people and make a sale. And so he spent years in the wrong slot because he was, he was a good production leader. So if you produce, be careful that when you produce and you get a lot of promotions that you don't run because of the money or the opportunity. Ask, am I going to be able to have the skills to do this job? Now, here's what happens. The production level, though, is fun. It's fun because of this. When you're winning, everything tastes good. Everything feels good. I mean, when you're winning, you know that. And when you're winning, people that want to win, they, they come along beside you. They, they find you. They want to be a part of it. So production level leadership will attract other people who are also producers or want to be producers. In fact, there's an old saying that's true. You attract what you are, not what you want. You know, if you, if you want something or you want a certain type of person to be in your life or on your team, you got to be that before you can attract that. And so learning that helps you to do this. You, you realize this rule. An organization will not function on a, on a higher level than its leader. Whatever the leader's level is, the organization will go to that level every time. So if you put the wrong person in place, you'll get that. Let me give you some thoughts about that real quick, okay? 
Production level uh, creates momentum. Uh, production level brings teamwork. Uh, it, bring, it gets the vision and the mission. They know why they're doing what they're doing. They feel a responsibility for the growth of others. When somebody else drops the ball on the team or you're working beside it and, and they're not quite getting it, they, they want to step in and help them succeed. They don't want to see them fail. Production level uh, our leaders, um, they, they, that level, they make hard decisions. They'll make a hard decision even though it's, um, it's emotionally hard, even though it's not comfortable at the moment, but they'll make the hard decisions because in the outcome, in the end, it's best. I've made a hard one today, my wife and I made today, that, that we said, okay, we're going to make this decision. It's a little painful, but we're going to make it, but it's going to be better for the outcome. And I'm making some life-changing decision right now that for us, you know, for the first time, I don't really have the, the, the full, clear plan or all the other things, but it's life-changing that we're saying we've got to we got to make some decisions that we believe in the long run are going to give a better, a better reward. And so production level leaders can produce. The key on them is finding out what area you're going to be in as well and, and making those decisions. And let me give you a statement John Maxwell said that I felt this way. I don't know if you ever have, but, but I felt this. He said, today as I look back, I regret the decisions I failed to make more than the wrong decisions I did make. If you've ever, if you feel that one, you'll say, I, I should have made that. I should have hired that person earlier or let that person go earlier. Or I should have had that confrontation earlier. I should have reached out and made that, uh, that communication earlier. And if we don't do that, sometimes what he's saying is, I regret that decision. I failed to make more than the wrong ones that I did make. Here's the other thing about production level leaders. They're constantly evolving and they will find a way to succeed. That's that level. So if you're that level, you can identify with this Bible character, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a producer. He was a layman who tasted wine for the king. And God raised him to a place that he became the leader of the, in, the reconstruction project of the entire city of Jerusalem. And he did it all in 52 days, and he rallied the people together. But he understood how to get production. He understood how to organize. He understood how to put people in the right spots. And so that's what he was. What great insight from part one of the five levels of leadership for biblical examples. Let's remember this old saying, you attract what you are, not what you want. Join us next time for part two of this lesson. To hear more lessons from Bill, be sure to check us out at bpleadership.com or the BP Leadership Podcast. This is where real leaders are made.